Live life at your pace. Click the banner or go to visitwilliamsburg.com to discover how. Because here in Williamsburg, life moves at one pace, yours. Scramble through our world-class golf courses or shop your way through the square. Be one with nature as you hike or bike through our parks and trails or hunker down at one of our breweries. And when it's time to eat, be sure to bite into our eclectic food scene. It's all waiting for you in Williamsburg. Book your trip today and live life at your pace. In last week's episode, we heard about how a small band of men were trained to undertake the most audacious sabotage mission of the Second World War. These were the ten men, led by a young adventurer named Joachim Ronneberg, who were tasked with depriving Hitler of an atomic bomb. How? Well, there was only one way, and that was to destroy the Norse Hydro heavy water factory in Norway, the only place capable of providing the Nazis with the heavy water necessary for making an atomic bomb. But this was far from easy. Norse Hydro was constructed like a medieval fortress, perched atop a 700-foot shaft of vertical rock. Three of its sides were sheer, plunging deep into one of the most spectacular gorges in Norway. So deep, wrote one, that the sun never reaches the depths of it. There was but one point of access, a narrow suspension bridge that was under 24-hour armed guard. It was completely inaccessible to a group of saboteurs. The only other option was to scale the gorge, but even if this was achieved, a forced entry into the plant was almost impossible. The machinery was housed in the bomb-proof basement, built of reinforced concrete. The place was also heavily guarded by the Gestapo, and the garrison had been greatly strengthened in the wake of an abortive commando operation. But there was no other possibility to get into the place. The men would have to scale the gorge and break inside like burglars. If caught, they would be tortured and then executed. The saboteurs were dropped into Norway by parachute on the 16th of February 1943, landing on a bleak and snow-covered wilderness where the temperature was far below zero. After a few days trekking towards Norsk Hydro and planning their attack, they were ready to strike. Few expected to come out of the mission alive. They skied down to the edge of the ravine where they buried their skis and once this was done, they began the treacherous descent into the depths of the gorge, clutching at trees and spruce branches as they slithered down. The side of the gorge was in places almost sheer, but there were always trees to cling to and a deep cushion of snow. They finally reached the bottom, crossed the icy river, and ran through the deep shadow towards the sheer rock face that marked the other side of the gorge. The ascent was far tougher than the descent, they hauled themselves up, clutching at the dangling branches. A black horizontal line in the rock face above told them that they were nearing the ledge that held the single-track railway. This was to be their way into the factory. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and... Producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. 
Live life at your pace. Click the banner or go to visitwilliamsburg.com to discover how. Because here in Williamsburg, life moves at one pace. Yours. Visit a live archaeological dig site on the very grounds where America began. Or walk the fields where our country was won. Live like a colonial by day or track 18th century ghosts by night. For all the history to be found here, there's plenty more to make for yourself. It's all waiting for you in Williamsburg. Book your trip today and live life at your pace. And now, back to the story of the greatest sabotage operation of the Second World War. At precisely half past midnight, Ronnenberg ordered his men to advance towards the giant mesh gates. One of the team, Knut Haukelit, cut the thick chain with giant bolt cutters. Then, all ten men crept inside. Ronnenberg and the three of the saboteurs made their way to a lower platform. This provided access to the basement where the plant machinery was housed, along with the heavy water cells. As he peered through a small window, he glimpsed a scientist working on the floor below. He knew that a narrow cable shaft led through the bedrock directly into the plant room. He now clambered up a short ladder and crawled into this shaft, pulling himself along on hands and knees and trying to avoid snagging his sack of explosives on the pipes and leads. Two of the men followed him to the end of the shaft and then slid down into the plant room, seizing one of the workmen and locking him up. They then began attaching explosives to the plant machinery. Crouched in the snow outside, the covering party was growing increasingly jumpy. Each man was guarding a crucial access point to the factory, with guns trained on each of the German guardhouses. We knew that the Germans' lives were now completely in our hands, said one. The thin wall of the wooden hut was no protection against our automatic weapons. Inside the basement, Ronneberg lit the fuses and then gave a signal to the other three men. Time to get out. All of them rushed outside using the steel cellar door. They were no further than 20 yards from the building when they heard the muffled thud of an explosion. Knut Haukelid had been expecting a terrific bang and an erupting ball of fire. Instead, it was small and insignificant. It was deeply disappointing. Was this what we'd come over a thousand miles to do? He asked himself. Certainly the windows were broken and the glimmer of light spread out into the night, but it was not particularly impressive. But this is exactly what had been intended. The explosive charges had been specially designed to wreak maximum damage with minimum risk to the saboteurs. The sausage-shaped charges imploded into the machinery rather than outwards, causing devastation. The men now had to make their getaway, and fast. They clambered back down the ravine and were about to start scaling the other side when the first air raid siren sounded. They reached the top and then hid in the snow as several military cars sped past en route to the plant. They then collected the skis they'd hidden some hours earlier and began climbing rapidly upwards onto the mountainside. Within three hours, they'd reached the bleak expanse of the Hardanger Plateau. It was the first stage on their way back to England. Their act of sabotage was little short of spectacular. It left the Norsk hydro machinery in ruins and deprived Hitler of ever getting an atomic bomb. Better still, all of the men would eventually make it back to England alive. A few days after their attack, 
General von Falkenhorst, the commander of the occupying German forces in Norway, inspected the damage that had been caused. At the sight of the ruined plant, he smiled and said, This is the most splendid coup I've seen in this war. He was amazed that a small band of saboteurs, members of Churchill's Ministry of Ungentlemanly Warfare, had pulled off such a dazzling and audacious act of destruction. This week's episode concludes our mini-series on the men who helped Churchill defeat Hitler. If you've enjoyed it, please check out the book Churchill's Ministry of Ungentlemanly Warfare. It's available now from all book retailers. A brief note, starting next week, we'll be taking a hiatus from this podcast. I'm off to research and write my next book, which is about D-Day. Please follow me on Twitter at GilesMilton1 so you can be alerted when the podcast returns. You'll also be notified if you stay subscribed on iTunes or wherever you listen. If you're still craving more Unknown History's quirky tales from the past, you can visit quickanddirtytips.com slash unknownhistory to see all past episodes or quickanddirtytips.com slash Giles to learn more about my books. Thanks again for listening to the show. Live life at your pace. Click the banner or go to visitwilliamsburg.com to discover how. Because here in Williamsburg, life moves at one pace, yours. Scramble through our world-class golf courses or shop your way through the square. Be one with nature as you hike or bike through our parks and trails or hunker down at one of our breweries. And when it's time to eat, be sure to bite into our eclectic food scene. It's all waiting for you in Williamsburg. Book your trip today and live life at your pace.